The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Daf Yod. Today's daf is being studied by Nishmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. We begin today's daf on Daf Tet Amud Bet, two lines from the bottom, starting from the words Ki Atta. We learned in the last daf how the Shlakish held that the uh, Babylonians, the people from Babel were responsible uh, for the reason why the Shekhinah did not rest on the second Bet HaMikdash and uh, because he said that when Ezra called them to come from Babel to build the second Bet HaMikdash, they didn't heed his call so therefore he told Rabbi Barhana, according to one version of the story that uh, you know, his, uh, either God hates the Babylonians or that he swears to God that he hates the Babylonians for not uh, coming back to Eris Yisrael, the Pams of the Second Mitzvah Megdash. So the Gemara says, Ki atta lekamed Rabbi Yohanan. When the Shtakish came in front of Rabbi Yohanan, Amar le lav hainu ta'ama. He says, no, that's not the reason why there was no Shekhinah in the times of the Second Mitzvah Megdash. Even if all the Jewish people would have went up to Eris Yisrael in the times of Ezra, lo ava shadi ha-shekhinah ba-mikdash. The Shekhinah would not have rested in the Beit HaMikdash, Sheni, in the second Beit HaMikdash. Dikhtiv, yaf t'elohim la-yefet li-yishkon ba-ahodeshen. The Pasuk says that yaf t'elohim la-yefet. Yefet was one of the sons of Noah. So God says, yaf t'elohim la-yefet, or Noah was blessing his children, and he said that... God should make things beautiful for Yefet, but he should rest in the tents of Shem. So the Gemara says, Even though God will do nice things for Yefet, meaning Yefet will build a beautiful Bet HaMikdash, because one of the descendants of Yefet were the Persians, the Parseim, as we're going to see in the Gemara. And the Persians were responsible for building the second Bet HaMikdash. Hashverosh had a son, Dariavish, and Dariavish had a son called Koresh, and Koresh, in his time, the second Bet HaMikdash was built, and he uh, allowed B'nai Israel to return and resume and build it. So that she says on the top, Afapishi, Yafteleim, the Yefet, even though God allowed Yefet to do beautiful things, Shezachu Parsim Lubnot Bayit Sheni, En Shekhinah Shora Ela B'Mikdash Rishon, Shebanat Shilomo, Sheban Mizrahosh El Shem. But the Shekhinah only rested in the dwelling that was built by Shem. The Yishkon Ba'aholeh Shem. So I saw the Mefarshim uh, point out that uh, 
the Ya'abet says, She'af paras lo banuhu mamash. The Persians didn't actually build the Bet HaMikdash, Ela Yisrael. Akeban she'alpideshutan nivne, since it was built according with their permission, V'chenem sipku et surkeh binyan. And they also paid for it. They paid for the raw materials. Furthermore, the uh, Maharil says that you see the difference between the names of the Kadosh Baruch Hu that are used by Yefet and Shem. By Yefet it says, Yeft Elohim. Elohim is Midat Adin. But when it comes to Shem's Baracha, it says, Baruch Hashem Elokeh Shem. Eloke Shem. So you see Yudke Vavke. So you see there was a difference, even though both were involved in building the Beit Hamikdash. The more Midat uh, Rahamim was found in the descendants of Shem. Obviously, Shlomo Amelik is a descendant of Shem, and that's why the Shekhinah was in that uh, Beit Hamikdash. The Maharsha questions: Why does it say Vishkon Be Shem? Ahole is plural. We're only talking about over here Bayit Rishon. So he says, because we're talking about the Mishkan as well. Shekhinah was in the Mishkan and the Bayit Rishon. Hence it says, Be'ahole Shem in plurality. Well, starting from the Mishkan of Moshe Rabbeinu. And then from then till the end of Bayit Rishon, there was Shekhinah in Klai Yisrael. Now the Gemara is going to prove that uh, the Persians descended from Yefet. And the Persians, Minalan de Meyefet Ka'atu. How do we know that they descend from Yefet? Dikhtiv. Bene Yefet, the sons of Yefet, Gomer, Umagog, Umadai, Viyavan, Vetuval, Umeshech, Vetiras. Those are all the sons of Yefet. So the Gemara now is going to tell us which nation descended from each one of these children. So the Gemara says, Gomer, Ze, Germamia. And according to the emendations of the Gaon de Vilna, that's on the side in your margin, he changes it to Germania. That's a reference to Germany. Magog, the child of Magog, Zu Kandia. No, not Canada, but it's another nation. I will point out that if you look at, maybe it's Crete's. Yeah, they, Crete, yeah. If you look at your maps in the art scroll, you'll see over there it has a lot of the uh, different countries that we're talking about over here. Madai zu Macedonia. Madai, that's Macedonia. Yavan kemashma'o. Yavan is Greece. Tubal zu Bet Unaiki. Meshech ze Musia. Tiras, when it comes to Tiras, Peligiba Rav Simai Virabanan. There we have a mahluk in between Rav Simai and Banan. Vaamrila Rabbi Simon Virabanan. Hadamar Zubet Traiki. Vahadamar Zuparas. So therefore we have one opinion that says, from Tiras came Persia. And therefore, Yaft Elohim the Yefet, that's referring to the Persians that came from Yefet, from the final son Tiraz, and they built the second Bet HaMikdash. Comes to says, Tani Rabbi Yosef, Tiraz, Zuparaz. Another Tanaic statement that says, Tiraz actually is the Persians. Uh, now, the Pasuk says, we just read the uh, words, okay. Safta. Now these are referring to the children of Ham. Uh, Noah had Shem, Ham, and Yafet. These are Ham's children. Okay, Safta, Rama, the Sabtecha. 
Oh, so these are the grandsons of Ham. Okay, so Ham had a son Kush, and Kush Yalad et Saftavir Amav Saftecha. Good. Tani Rabbi Yosef. So Rabbi Yosef says, Sakistan Gavaita the Sakistan Baraita, Sakistan, which means the inner Sakistan and the outer Sakistan. So that's referring to Savta and Saftecha. It's giving you two out of the three. One is the inner Sakistan and one is the outer Sakistan. Ben Hada Lehada Me'aparse. Between each country is a hundred parse. The Kefa Alpha Parse. And the circumference of the country is one thousand parsot. Okay? The Gemara continues. Now we discuss a Pasuk. Vatehi Reshit Mamlachto Babel Ve Arach. This is referring to the kingdom of Nimrod. Nimrod was the king, he was the king of Babel. So it tells us the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and then the cities of Arach, and Akkad, Kalna, or Kalne, and in the Ereshinar, in the land of Babel. So the Gemara says, Babel, Babel is Babel. That would be the modern day Iraq. Arach zu Urichut. That's a place called Urichut. The Akkad ze Baschar. That's the city of Baschar. We've learned about that in Masechet Shabbat, if you remember, Bene Baschar. And Kalne ze Nofer Nifri. That's the place called Nofer Nifri. Comes the Gemara and continues. Menaaretzahi Yatsa Ashur. From that land of Babel, Came out Ashur. Now, simply in the text, the way we understand it in the Torah, means there was a man that lived in Babel. He was called Ashur. He did not want to have anything to do with the kingdom of Nimrod. So he left. Then Ashur. But here the Gemara is learning it differently. The Gemara is learning that Ashur was actually a place. Tani Rav Yosef Ashur Ze Silak. Ashur today is uh, a place what we would call uh, Silak. That's the name of it. Now, what would the Pasuk mean? Because Ashur is uh, Assyria. Oh, sorry, Ashur is Assyria. But in the times of the Gemara, they knew it as a place called Silak. So now, what would the Pasuk mean over here? Sahi Yatsa Ashur. So some want to learn it that it's going on Nimrod. Sahi Yatsa. Exactly. Nimrod went out to Ashur. Meaning he went to expand. And he went to uh, to that place. Okay, so again, Rashi learns that in the Torah, that Ashur was Poresh, and he didn't, he didn't want to be with the Dora Palaga. That was Nimrod's uh, idea. So therefore, Ashur left. And the Nimukia uh, Gribi says, Meduvar al Nimrod, she yatsale Ashur, Bechdeshto Yeshutaf Masia Palaga. Well, the Nimukia Gribi is learning also, Nimrod didn't want to have anything to do with the Palaga. Now, According to the Maharsha, he says, um, what is then the Shaykhut in the Rasha Ashur Ze Silak? Because when this, if you tell me it's a, it's a person, so when you tell me Silak is a city, <coughs> that's the name of a city. So the Maharsha says that if it wasn't for Rashi's interpretation, Yeshma Kom Lomar, Sheafkan Kavana Le Shem Ir, Velo Le Shem Adam, Ukfi Shibir Ramban, Shepirush Pasuku Shemina Arisahi. That's actually the Ramban's interpretation. That from Babel, 
Nimrod's uh, region expanded to Ashur. So the Gemara is saying, what's Ashur today? Ashur is Silak. So it's all, all referring to regions. So that's the, uh, the uh, way we interpret uh, that Pasuk. But again, according to Rashi, it's a little difficult. Because Rashi said over here, Mena Aris Ayyatza, Shalol Yot Ba'asad Dora Palaga. So it's going on a person. Yeah, but the Gemara says, Zu, no, but it says, Zu Ashur, Zu Silkan. I mean, uh, before, so it's a, this one is this no, no, that's telling us the, the, the country, the, the descendants, their children. You need that country, no? Okay, a little, little yeah, difficult. Yeah. Ashur, you want to tell me the man, today, he's the, 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 his country was Ashur. Okay, well, that was Masha's question anyway. Masha's question on Ashur was, you start with a man, then you go to a, a country. Yeah. So he said, quite the number, it's all talking about a country. Okay. So it says he built. Nineveh, he built Rehobot, Ir, and he built Kalah. Nineveh kemashma'o. Nineveh, we know the city of Nineveh, that's from the story of Yonah. Rehobot, Ir, zu prat de Mishan. Kalah, zu prat de Bursif. All places in Babel. Ve'et Resen, and the city of Resen, ben Nineveh u ben Kalah, hi'a'ira gedola. Resen, ze aktispon. This was the big city. Any Yodaya. Now, I don't know where this is the big city. Because the Pasuk says, Etresen, he built Resen, Beni Neve Ben Kalah. It was the big city. Well, which one of the three are the big city? So the Gibbons, I don't know. Im Neve Aira Gedola, Im Resen Aira Gedola. I don't know if it's referring to Neve as the big city, or is Resen the big city. Tosfot points out there was no question if Kalah was the big city. Because if you read the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Ve'etresen ben Nineveh uben Kalach. He a'ira gedola. So maybe it was Kalach. Maybe it was the city of Kalach. So his Tosfot says, can't be, because it wouldn't have said, He a'ira gedola. It would have said, since it, it would have said, Ve'et Kalach, a'ira gedola. The fact that it says, He a'ira gedola, is going back on something that we said before. It was got to be one of the two cities, either Resen or Nineveh. So the Gemara Keshua Omer, V'Nineveh Aita, Ir Gedola Lelohim. But when the Pasuk in Yonah says that the city of Yonah was a large, big city, Ma'alach, Shalosh, Shintabim, it took a three day walk to walk the city. Ave Omer, we're forced to say that one, Nineveh, who Aira Gedola. Actually, Nineveh was the big city. Now the Gemara continues. Mara says, Vesham. Ahiman, Sheshai, Betalmai, Yelide, Aranak. He's referring to the giants. The giants were Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai. The Gemara is going to tell us that these were not their names, actually, but these were different uh, words to describe how big they were. Tana, we have a Tanaic statement. Ahiman, why was he called Ahiman? Miyuman, Shebe Ahim. As if it says Ahiyamin. Which means he was literally the right of the brothers, meaning he was the the strongest or the um, the more uh, significant of the brothers. She says, now she just says that uh, we're just Doresh in these pesukim since uh, we started with these other pesukim that are in the same context. So meyuman shebahim, he learns gibor shebahim, like yad yamin, like the right hand is the strongest, uh, the stronger than the left. So ahiman, like ahiyamin, meyuman shebahim. The next one was called Sheshai. She Aris Kishkitut. He makes uh, from the ground when he walks like holes, like destruction. 
because he was so big, every time he walked, he would make What's ditches that? and footsteps exactly into the ground. Uh, he says here, wow. We'd go deep in the ground. It looks like it was uh, destruction. Now, um, where do you get that from the word Sheshai? So that she explains, In the Pasuk in Echa. So therefore, Shet uh, is like a destruction. So Sheshai, right, two Shin, Shet Vashevet. Sheshai, so that's where they're getting it from. So, right, that's, the, uh, that's the source. Now, it should be pointed out, let's just get to the third one for a second. The third one was Talmai. He would make the ground like furrows. When he would walk, like plowing the ground. A tailin is a furrow. So he's big. Now, the question is, how does the Gemara know that these are only adjectives describing them, and it's not their names? So the, um, the Mephashim point out over here, the Maharil um, actually, he says... It says Vesham Achiman, and over there was Achiman Cheshay and Talmai. Now, we don't, we would have introduced to these people. How could the Torah tell us? Oh, and over there was uh, Achiman Cheshay and Talmai. Well, obviously we know them, but well, we didn't know these people. Ela, they must not be introducing them by their names. We don't know who they are. Ela must be describing what type of people were there. That there were people that had these type of uh, traits. Good. So comes Gemara and says other things about them. The Barachir, Achiman bana Anat. Okay, Achiman built the city of Anat. Sheshai bana Alush, Talmai bana Talbush. Yelideh Anak, the children of the Anak. Why they called Yelideh Anak? That implies that their father's name was Anak, and that's not show. So, then what was it? So he says, What is Yelidea Anak? Shema'anikin ahama bekomatam. That they were so tall that they would, their neck would reach to the sky, that it would look like the sun was their necklace. So Yelidea Anak. They were the children of uh, uh, the ones that looked like they were ma'anik, it was, it was a necklace, like the sun became their necklace, the necklace was around their um, around their neck now he says over the ma'aril ma'aral shammekor lidroshken this terash hu kilo haya lepasuk lechtov yelidei ha'anak shemore al geburatam ki are shemam kivar more al geburatam yelidei ha'anak, the sons of the giants well, we know that they're giants already. They tell me that they're sons of giants. You just told me, Talmai, he's making furrows, etc. Sheshai is making uh, ditches in the ground. Their strength was mentioned already. Ella must be, this is Pastukas, telling me a different thing. How tall they were. Yelidei Aranag, that their son was considered a necklace to them. Time to give on continues. Amar Yoshua ben Levi. Amar Rabbi. Atida Romi Shitipol Biyad Paras. That Latidavo, uh, before Mashiach comes, the Roman Empire, which is the uh, Edom Empire, that's the descendants of Isad, is going to fall to the hands of Paras, Persia. Persia today, uh, we would say, would be Iran. Shene'emar, like the Pasuk says, 
לכן שמעו עשת השם אשר יעץ אל אדום ומחשבותיו אשר חשב על יושבי תימן אם לא יסחבום שעירי הסון So the Pasuk is telling the people of Edom, and that was the people of, they call them the people of Teman also, which were descendants from Edom, that he's warning them, the Pasuk, Pasuk in Yirmiyah, that the Si'ira son, the young sheep, are going to be Sohev Otam. Sohev Otam is going to, to drag them. So that means Edom is going to be dragged by Palas. This is a prophecy of the future. So the Gemara says, who are these uh, people? So the Gemara says... And the end of the Pasuk says, Im lo yashib alehem nevehem. Which means they're going to destroy, they're going to destroy their cities. So comes the Gemara and says, Matkif la rabba barhula, me'em mashma da'i si'ira asun parasu. Well, how do you know that when it says si'ira asun, the young sheep, how do you know that's referring to parasu? Maybe it's a, uh, it's a different nation. So comes the Gemara and says, Because the Pasuk says, Ha'ail asher ra'iti ba'ala keranayim malchem adai uparas. This is referring to the dream that Daniel had. Daniel had a dream where he dreamt about all the uh, exiles. And in the dream he saw an ayah, which is a ram, and he saw that it had uh, two horns. And he says in the dream I saw the ram that had two horns, and it represents madai and paras. And therefore, like, just like the ram is a, uh, a small, uh, from the sheep uh, family, it's a male. So therefore, uh, it, uh, the ayah represents Parasu uh, which is Persia. So the Gibraltar says, wait, Ve'ema Yavan. Who told you? Maybe I'll tell you it represents uh, Yavan. Why? Dikhti, because we have a pasuk that says, Vasafir Hasa'ir, Melech Yavan. I got another pasuk that compares Yavan to a, uh, to a goat. So therefore, we have the same, uh, we have a question over here. Maybe the, it's referring to uh, Yavan. So the Gemara says, Ki salik rav habiba bar surmake amara kame da'um rabbanan. So the habiba, when he came to Eris Israel, he asked this question to one of the rabbis. Amar leh, man delo yada perushe kera motif te yuftal rabbi? What does it mean? A person that does not interpret pisukim, you can ask questions to, to rabbi. Why? My Sayyidah son, Zutra de Ahohi. The Tani Rabbi Yosef Tiras Zeparas. He said, You know what Sayyidah son means in the Pasuk? Sayyidah son means the youngest of the sheep. Who was the youngest of Yefet's children? Tiras. And who did we say Tiras was? Tiras is Paras. So therefore, we're talking, what are you getting involved with the Pasukim and Daniel for? Sayyidah son is the youngest of the Sheep. Who's the youngest of the sheep? The youngest of Yefet's children. Who was the youngest of Yefet's children? Tiras. Who was Tiras? Paras. So that's how you know when it says that Edom is going to fall to the hands of the Sa'iras, so they're going to push them or, or drag them. We know that that's referring to the, not the Greeks, but the Persians. Again, the Romans are going to fall, Malchut uh, Romi. Into the hands of Paras, the Persians. And the Gemara says, we learned this from a Kalba Homer. What's the Kalba Homer? Uma Mikdash Rishon. Shibinahu Beneshem. The first Pet of Mikdash was built by the children of Shem. That's Shilamah Melech. Vihribu Kasdim. 
and the Kastiim destroyed it, that's Belshazzar. That's actually the Babylonians. Naflu Kastiim biad Parsiim, and we know that what? Eventually the Babylonians fell to the hands of the Persians. Mikdash Sheni Shibbinau Parsiim. Mikdash Sheni, that was built by the Persians, as we learned the, the permission of the Persians. The Haribu Romim, and the Romans destroyed it. Enodin Shipuromim biad Parsiim. Enodin is not a kind of homin that the Romans should fall in the hands of the Persians, which means if the ones that uh, uh, destroyed the first Beit HaMikdash, they got taken over by the Persians, or the more so the second Beit HaMikdash that was built by the Persians, or the more so that they are going to uh, fall in the hands of those that destroyed the uh, Beit HaMikdash, which is the Romans. The second Beit HaMikdash was destroyed by the Romans. So that is the Kadachomet. Comes the Gemara and says, we have a Machlokin. Amar Rav, Atidah Paras, Shitibu, Biyad Romi. Rav has a different opinion. He says the opposite. Paras is going to fall to the hands of Romi. Amaru de Rav Kanav, Rav Asel Rav. So they told Rav, Benuye, Biyad Satore. It makes sense. The one that built the Bet HaMikdash are going to fall into the hands of those that destroyed the Bet HaMikdash. Meaning Persians built the second Bet HaMikdash. The Romans destroyed it. It makes sense that the Persians should fall to the hands of the destroyers of the Bet HaMikdash. Amar lehu in. He said, yes, Gezerat Melechi. Yes, it is indeed the Gezerat of the king. That's God's will. Now, he doesn't explain to us what does it mean it's God's will. So the uh, Mephashim explained as follows. This is Ben Ayao Ben Yoyada, the uh, Ben Ishai. He says that when the Persians built the second Bet HaMikdash, they purposely built it out of wood, in order that it will be very flammable. That just in case the Jewish people rebel, they'll be able to set the Bet HaMikdash on fire very easily. And therefore, although they consider the ones that built the Bet HaMikdash, but they built it in a way where it will be very easily destroyed. So therefore they get punished. So the Persians will fall into the hands of the Romans. Even the Romans destroyed it, but the Persians made it available to destroy very easily. So comes the... Right, so the builders will fall into the hands of the destroyers, because even the builders had a, uh, you know, a bad intention. Some say, Persians are not so innocent. They themselves destroy a lot of synagogues. Now, they might not have destroyed the Bet HaMikdash, but they destroyed a lot of Batek Tanya Nameache. We have a Braita to support this. Atida Paras Shetipod Biyad Romi. Eventually, uh, Paras is going to fall into the hands of Rome. Had uh, one reason, the Satre Bekinishta, because they destroyed a lot of Batek Nesiyot. The Od, Kizirat Melechu Shiplu Bonim Biyad Sotrim. It's Kizirat Hashem. That what? That the builders should fall in the hands of the destroyers. Now, Amar Yudah Marav, Em Ben David Ba, Em Ben David Ba, I mean the son of David, when Mashiach cannot come, Ad Shetifshot Malchut Romi Arshaa, Bechol HaOlam Kolot Shaa Chodashim. Until the Romans, or Malchut Romi, the descendants of Romi, meaning Malchut Edom, is going to spread its power and subjugate the world under its uh, sovereignty for nine months. Shnei Amar, Lachem Yitenem, and the Pasuk continues, Hashem, the Bnei Yisrael Begalut, Ad Et Yoledet Yalada, that the Jewish people are going to be under the subjugation of Edom, like a lady that is giving birth, which is nine months. Ve'yeter Echad Yishubun Al Bnei Yisrael, and then Shevet Yehuda will appoint a uh, a king, and Bnei Israel will have one kingdom, and then of course they'll be redeemed by the Mashiach. So you see over here again, that it seems that Rome, 
Malchut Romi has to be on top. So therefore the Rome is going to take over Paras, and then it's going to be the nine-month uh, period, and then already will be redeemed by the uh, Mashiach. Now, there's a very important uh, Benayahu over here, and he says like this, According to this whole Gemara over here, What's telling us what's going to happen before the Mashiach comes, says now that the uh, Muslims, the Islam, the uh, Arabs, their religion has changed, which means now they believe in God. I mean, in the times of the Gemara, these were all of the Abu Nazara, these nations. Now Paras is different than the Paras of the Gemara. The enam of the Abu Nazara kebabur. The efshar could be all these things changed based on that now that they are monotheists could be this uh, is not going to happen as it says so listen a lot of things already changed because of the uh, long exile that we're in so it's not uh, as accurate as it was written in the Gemara so the Benish Chai says, you know, bless me the one that knows. But even reading these Gemariyot, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to happen like this. Because uh, it's possible that the uh, variables changed. And therefore it could be, uh, it could be, it is indeed different. Okay, comes the Gemariyot, continues. Now we go back to our subject that we learned in the Mishnah. We have a bright All the offices that were in the Beit Hamikdash, they did not have a mezuzah in the offices. Except for the shkat paredrin, the kohen gadol, because the kohen gadol lived there. He had a bed over there and he slept there, so it's considered a place of dwelling. So therefore, at all the shkot in the Beit Hamikdash, paredrin is the only one that had a if that's your criterion, there were many the Shakot Nabeta Mikdash that were also used for dwelling purposes, and they did not have a Mezuzah. Ela Lishkat Parhedrin Gezeraita. It was a gezera, uh, which means it's only the banan. So because that we have a great mahlokan over here between Tanakama and the Biuda. Tanakama's mashma is holding what? That you need a mezuzah and paredrin in the Torah. That this is considered a bayit. And uh, according to the Biuda, no, paredrin is not different than any other lishka and the Beit HaMikdash. So why did they specifically put a mezuzah and paredrin as opposed to anybody else? Gezera. What's the Gezerah? The Gemara is going to explain what the Gezerah was. My Ta'mad Rabbi Yehuda, what's the logic of Rabbi Yehuda? Amar, that would I guess be Het, we would read it Rabbah. Amar Rabbah, Kasabah Rabbi Yehuda, Kol Bayit, She'enu Asui, Limot Hama V'limot HaGeshamim, Eno Bayit. Any house that's not made for summer and winter is not considered a bayit. And therefore the Pasuk says, Uhtaftama Mizuzot Betecha. What's a bayit? Bayit's gotta be a winter resident and a summer resident. This over here was a resident of only one week. They only slept in it Tushkat Paredrin uh, during the uh, seven days before Kippur. 
for that matter, the other the Shakot the Beit Hamikdash were only used at night. They used to have the watchmen. They used to watch over the Beit Hamikdash. So therefore, it wasn't even used uh, during the uh, day. So therefore, you really cannot consider it a lishka that's being used uh, throughout the winter and the summer. So therefore, it's considered a gezerah. We don't know why yet. We'll see why they decided to put a mezuzah on it. But in the Torah, there is no obligation to put a uh, mezuzah. Now, I just want to read uh, from the Mefarshim over here. Hayub mezuzah hurak bepetach bayit or sha'ala bayit. Okay, the mezuzah you only put at the gate or at the door. Hameshamesh ledira, that's being used for dwelling. Velachin kol eleshkot shebemikdash peturim mezuzah. So all the eleshkot in the bet mikdash were patur mezuzah. She'enam mishtemshot kebetira, because they were not used as places of dwelling. Abal beleshkat panhedrin sovel tanakamash ayachayved bemezuzah. Lefish aita asuyal ledira tekoin gadol b'shatayim shkodim bemekipurim. Because that was a dwelling that they all stayed. The coin actually slept in it for seven days. Ulalan mitpayer tam nosaf neftorat eleshkot shebemikdash. שרק דירת חול חייבת במזוזה, אבל במקום קודש אין חייבת במזוזה. The Gemara is going to explain that in order that only uh, dwellings that are mundane are obligated in the mezuzah, betecha, but not places that belong to the kodesh. That would be another reason why uh, it would be exempt. So he said, וקשו הראשונים שאימכם איתם זה יהיה פטור גם לשכת פרדרין. If you tell me that places of kodesh are פטור in מזוזה מן התורה, so פרדרין should be exempt as well. So there's different, uh, different shitot. The Ritbaz says, שרבנן כאן חולקין על הברייתות שם. לדבריהם חייבים מזוזה מן התורה אפילו בניין קודש. That's what the rabbis of this brayta argue when the later on give out on this, even places of kodesh are חייב in a מזוזה. דעת המאירי, שהפטור בדירת קודש הוא רק אם זה משמש את הקודש. It's only if it serves the Kodesh. But the Shkat Peredrin Shimshal Lidirat Chod B'Shartayim Shkodim Yerikipurim. Although it was in the Kodesh, but it served the Kohen's personal needs of sleeping. So therefore, it's in Kodesh, but it doesn't serve Kodesh. And therefore, it's considered like Chod Ligabeh Mezuzah. Uh, we'll get to that. That's the first question by us. Others explain that another interpretation of the Be'iri that Lishkat Paradim was open to the Chol. We had a whole question where this Paradim was. Was it in the Kodesh or not? So the, uh, the Be'iri will tell you that it was open into the Chol and therefore uh, it's not considered a, uh, uh, obligated in Mezuzah. Other questions that were asked on this over here? Uh, the Givurat Ari. למה לשכת פרדרין חייבת במזוזה? Why was לשכת פרדרין חייבת במזוזה? הרי הכהן גדול גר שם רק שבעת ימים. He only did seven days. אני מנחות את זה שאדם בפונדקי, a person lives in a hotel, פחות מלמד יום, אין לו חייב במזוזה. The minimum חייב במזוזה is 30 days according to the Gemara. He only lived there seven days. חייבת לשכת פרדרין דומיה לפונדקאי. ועוד שגם הסוחר בית בארץ ישראל, even someone that rents a house in ארץ ישראל, שחייב במזוזה מיד. That's because Metam Yishuv Eres Yisrael, because he's living in Eres Yisrael. Kedeshi Yishael Lagur Sham. Because once you put the Mezuzah up, so already he'll come to uh, live there. Metam Zeloshek Luska Peredrin. Which is, this guy's never coming to live in the Mindev Luska Peredrin. It's only seven days. So therefore the question would be, why? Why would Peredrin even be Hayav in the Mezuzah? Vekatav li Yashem, if he must katav... Now, 
because it's not less than thirty days. It's not considered your house of dwelling. It's not like a pundikai who's renting. This is considered as if he owns it. This is his dwelling. But the whole issue of over there is a renter. You're not considered renting it until you live there thirty days. Good. Um, even somebody rents in Eretz Israel, they waive the thirty days because you're going to live there. We want you to live there. You might stay. Uh, you're only living here seven days. The answer is no. A Kohen Gadol, since he's the only one that goes into this place, those seven days are considered, he's not a renter, he's considered an owner. And therefore, an owner of a house, he has to put a mezuzah right away. So that would be the shita of Tanakama, that the Kohen Gadol is not a Sochen, he's considered a Ba'alim of the... Um, of the Rishkat uh, Panedrin. Okay. Tosfor has a question. Chaim asked this question. He says, what are you talking about? How come the Gemara Tanakhama is only saying Lishkat Paredrin is Chayav in a Mezuzah? Lechaurah Lishkat Peta'evin should also be Chayav in a Mezuzah. Lishkat Peta'evin was the Lishkat of the uh, the office that the Kohen that would go burn the Paradumah would go in. So I go without discussing uh, that. It's the same seven days. So he answers a couple answers. Number one, we're only answering, talking about the Lishkot that were in the Kodesh. The Beta Eben was not in the Kodesh. Number two, he says that uh, the Parhedrin was used every year. Because Kippur comes out every year. Beta Eben was only used when they needed a Paraduma. Now, Paraduma you don't need every year. If for one Paraduma, you can use it for many years. So since it was used on a very temporary basis, not as often as the Parhedrin, so therefore, could be, it's not considered a Bet Dira, and therefore, you're not going to be Hayab in a uh, Mezuzah. The Tosfot Yishanin, he wants to say no. Bottom line, but during the years that they used it, that year should be considered a betira. Uh, but uh, the reason why we didn't list it in the Braita is because it's not Chayav Mezuzah every year. So the Tosfot Yishanin is arguing on Tosfot. He's saying no, you would put a Mezuzah that once every however many years that you use the Rishkat Betayavid. But the reason why the Mishnah, the Gemadim enumerated it is because it's only... Every some odd years, Am Mishnah's Gemara is only discussing ones that the mezuzah had to be placed every year because of the uh, Kohen um, uh, uh, staying there. Okay. Now, the Gemara said that there were many Lishkot in the Bet HaMikdash, many offices, and they did not have a mezuzah. So that she explained what were these purposes of these Lashkot over there? What were these uh, offices? So he says these were the Lashkot of the Shomrim, the watchmen, that they would be in the Beit HaMikdash, and they would live there. Which means there's a mitzvah, I'll say from the Torah, to watch and protect the Beit HaMikdash. And the Torah says if you do not have Shomrim to the Beit HaMikdash, you mevatel a mitzvah, i say. Now the question is, do you need Shomrim in the Beit HaMikdash? This is God's, we have, we have uh, it's like security. Do you need security at night? Do you need security in the Beit HaMikdash? So the Mephashim say two reasons. Number one, It's not even in the palace of the king. Just like a palace of the king, at night you have guards, staying in front of us or more, it's more of a formality, where the guards are standing there. And secondly, Lishmor Shelo Yikanes Lemigdash Tameh Umisha Asul Lekanes. They have to be on guard to make sure people that are Tameh and people that are not uh, proper, they cannot enter the Beit HaMikdash. There was actually 24 spots, stations where the Shumnim uh, would stand, and the uh, Mefashim uh, list them. Now, 
There's a machloket amongst the Rishonim over here. When was the mitzvah of Shemirah? When, when is this uh, mitzvah apply? According to the Arambam, it was only at night. The Shomrim were at night. According to other uh, Mepharshim, there were Shomrim ben bayom and ben uh, balayla. So that's a machloket in itself. Now, Hachamim don't tell us why those Lishkot were peturot. They just tell us, Tanakama told us, Tanedin was Hayav in the Mezuzah. So we gave a pshat on that. We said because he's living there, it's like he owns it, it's his, uh, it's his uh, dira. But why the other Lishkot are not going to be Hayav in Mezuzah according to the Rabbanan? So according to the Me'iri, they'll say that that's considered, they were in the Kodesh, and they were serving the Kodesh, because they were Shomer on the Kodesh. And we have a Dinashah later on that says that things that serve for the Kodesh are not obligated in a uh, mezuzah. Uh, other Mefarshim explain that Tosfot Aros says, because since they only were used at night, according to those opinions that say it was only used at night, because the Shemina is only Malayla, and therefore the Patut for mezuzah, as opposed to Parhedrin that was used 24 hours, because for 7 days it was used uh, constantly. Okay. Others say that when it was built, these Lishakot, they weren't built for Surah Shemira. So therefore, since it wasn't built for the purpose of dwelling, and then later it was used for dwelling, so that already does not have a deen of a Hayuv in Mizuzah. goes after the uh, original intent. Okay, those are the uh, Shitot. Now, we came along and said in the Gemara, Rabbah held that the reason why Nishkat... Uh, uh, the reason why he says is patur because it's not used year round. To consider the bayit, it's got to be a summer winter residence. There's not a summer winter residence. So the Gemara now questions. Gemara says, We are three lines from the bottom. Etibe, Abaye. Veaketi, we have a pasuk. Veketi, betachoref, albe takayets. Pasuk says, I will destroy the winter residence and the summer residence. The winter house and the summer house. But what do you see? It's called a house. Which means a house of the winter is called Bet HaChoreth. And the house of the summer is called Bet HaKayet. So you see what it is called the Bayet. You're right. A winter residence is called Bet HaChoreth, but it's not called the Bayet. To be Hayavid Mizuzah, it's got to be called Bayit. It's the difference between Bayit Horef and Bayit. Or Bayit Kayitz and Bayit. Therefore, the Torah, when it's it's got to be called Bayit Stam. And since this is not considered Bayit Stam, because it's not used year round, so Rabbi wants to say, according to Biuda, you're going to be indeed Patur. Okay. Comes the Gemara. And says, Etibe Abaye. So Abaye now asks a question. Sukatahag Behag. Okay, the Sukkah. On Sukkot. We have a Sukkah. The Biuda Mehayev, Vachamim Potrim. The Biuda says, Sukkah is Hayav in Mezuzah. And Hakamim say, Patur. Vetani Allah, we have a bright explaining these opinions. The Biuda Mehayev, Be'eruf, Ube Mezuzah, Ube Maaser. Rabbi Yudas Bechayet discussed three halachot. Number one, in Iruv. If you remember, we learned the Masechet Arubin. If you have, let's say, dwellers that are living in a chaser, a shared courtyard, 
So, Minat Torah is considered a Shuti Yahid. They can carry in the courtyard. However, Midrash Banan, the rabbis necessitated that everybody, the dwellers in the Hasid, they collect a piece of bread from each of the dwellers, and they put the piece of bread in one of the people's homes, and now it's considered they're all one. Now they can carry from the houses to the Hasid, and vice versa. So the Hidush is, let's say you have a sukkah in the Hasid. Mm-hmm. A sukkah is considered a dweller in the Hasid that's got to be part of the Eruv Hasidot to count them in, which is considered like a, like a house. Number two, for mezuzah. You got to put a mezuzah in the sukkah. Number three, for ma'asir. The halakha says that to be hayab and ma'asir on product, it has to pass through the threshold of the house, the door. Which means when you go into the house through the front door, once it enters through the front door, it's on the threshold, it's hayab and Ma'asir. So the Hadush is a sukkah on sukkot is considered a house. And therefore if the fruit went through the threshold of the sukkah, you're going to be hayab in ma'asir. So that's the Buddha's opinion. So comes the Gibran says, Oh, that's a question. What do you mean? The Buddha you just said only an item that's used the year round. Right? That's considered a bayit. Summer, winter. Here, sukkah is only used seven days a year. It's not used in summer, winter. So why you tell me hayab in a mezuzah? So the Gemara says, let's just read the Rashi for a second just to catch up. Rabbi Yudah Mechayev. Right? Lenyan Ma'asir, Dekai Malan, Enab Tebun Mechayev Ma'asir, Mele Echol Memenu Achilat Aray. She will not be able to eat from the uh, table, right? That's uh, in the, uh, that's the pile of wheat, let's say. Ad Shirei Penabayit. Until it actually sees the Threshold of the house, they might be artia kodesh menabayit. Okay, once it already goes in the house, then already it's hayav and maaser. Be'iruf im petuchal lachaser sheish ba shar dirot. If the sukkahs opened up to the chaser, there's other dwellers there. Oseret al kulam im no idaim. It's going to oseret on all of them to carry unless he makes a eruf with them. Mezuzah. But forget the ena asuyadi motahamav motageshamim. Even though it's not made for summer winter residents, so comes the Gemara and says. So this is again Abaye's answer, I mean Abaye's question against Rabba's interpretation. So he says like this, So maybe he'll come and tell me, listen, that which we said mezuzah, it's not midoraita. That which you said mezuzah, it's only rabbinical. It's only, you said to put it up, but really you're right. You're not obligated in the Torah. Fine, he said three things, but. So if you're saying it's Drabanan, you have to say all three things are Drabanan. So Ayruv, I can understand, is Drabanan. Mizuzah is Drabanan. Ela ma'asir mi'ikal mi'amad Drabanan. Can you say that ma'asir is going to be Drabanan? Why not? Dilma atel afrushe minachayuv alaptur, uminaptur alachayuv. Which means this, minatorah, you tell me you're not hayav in ma'asir. Right? But today you want to tell me when it goes into the screen, I'll have in Maser. But you want to tell me with Rabbanan, you have in Maser. This Humrah is going to come to a Kula. And the rabbis do not usually make a rabbinic law that their stringency can come to a leniency. How can it come to a leniency? Because Tadakha says like this When you're taking Maser, you're not allowed to take from Hayyuv uh, on Ptur. For example, let's say I have a pile of fruit over here that's Hayav in Maser. Okay, I have this pile that went into the sukkah. Minatorah is patur from uh, ma'asir. Correct? Now, if I'm going to take from the hayyuv, I'm going to say, you know, I'm taking one from the hayyuv to be, to cover the uh, patur. Now, I'm covering this. I don't have to cover this. It's patur already. So the one that I took out is still considered table. 
it's not even considered ma'asir. Again, I have uh, ten uh, apple, wow. ten, uh, ten uh, bushels of wheat. Okay? It's hayab ma'asir. This stuff that went into the sukkah, minat Torah, is really patur. Okay? Now, I got, now, let's say a guy went, and he took some stuff that's hayab. He took, let's say it was a, a ten, right? So I have to take one. So I took one from the hayub over here to cover the patur. Now, if you say, well, okay, well, I took it, it's considered ma'asir. Now, if it's ma'asir, and I eat it, Okay, it's not avon. If you eat it, it's, it's, it's okay. The Levim uh, deserve to eat it, but if a Zar ate it, it's okay as well. But however, the Halakha says, no, you cannot take from Hayuv on Ptur. And therefore, this one that you took out is considered now table. It's not considered anything. And therefore, if you eat it, you're going to be Hayav, it's Yisur. So therefore, the rabbis are not going to come along and say, Midrabanan, it's going to be Hayav in Maser, because this can come to a Kula. Because since Minat Torah is really Ptur, you might take from the Hayuv on the Ptur, or vice versa. Let's say you take from the Ptur to the Hayuv. This is Ptur, this stuff, in the Sukkah. Let's say I have Hayuv over here, and Ptur in the Sukkah. I take from the Ptur to cover the Hayuv. This is not considered Ma'asir. And therefore my Hayuv is really considered untied. And therefore I'm going to come to Intan, it's considered it's a table. So therefore, by saying that it's Midrabanan, uh, considered uh, Hayav, you're putting yourself into a problem. It's a humrad atelideh kula. That I might come to take the ptur on the hayuv or the hayuv on the ptur. Look at the. Um, so that's, that, that, that's the explanation. So we're back to the question. Let's review the Shekla Vitariya for one more second. Rabbah came along and said, Parhedrin is patur, it's not a winter summer residence. Oh, so Rabbi here comes out, you go with winter summer? You're the one that said on Sukkot, a Sukkah has to have a Sukkah, a Mezuzah, it's not winter summer. And don't tell me that you meant with Rabbanan. Because you can't tell me that that was talking to Rabbanan. Because Ma'asir, you're not going to tell me it's going to be Hayyam with Rabbanan. Because you're going to put yourself into a problem of a Humrah that's going to come to a Kula. Also, back to the question then. So, Ella, you must be meant that you're Hayyam from the Torah. How could you be Hayyam from the Torah? It's not a winter summer. So, Gemara says. Ela Amar Abaye B'Shiva'ah So Abaye has a new interpretation Abaye rejects Rabbah's learning So again, Rabbah's understanding is That again, Rabbi Yehuda Holds that Parhedrin Was Patur from the Torah Which means it's exempt totally Abaye is going to come along And say, no, 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 that's not the interpretation What is it? Ela Amar Abaye B'Shiva'ah Everybody agrees that the seven days of Parhedrin, that the Kohen was living there, you needed a mezuzah. That's not the Makhlokit. Even the Bihuda will say, the seven days, you hayav mezuzah min Torah. That's not the argument. The argument is, what about the rest of the days of the year? The rabbis will tell you that the other days of the year, you have to put it gezerah, that you might not come to put it during the seven days. The Rabbi And Rabbi doesn't know. So therefore, it's a new way of learning the Mahlokan over here. Which means, all year long, everybody holds that you're not Hayav. The question is, do we make a Gezerah or not? So the rabbis will tell you, Gezerah, Gezerah atu, the seven days. Rabbi doesn't all year long, we're not worried, we're not going to make a Gezerah. For the seven days. But for the seven days, everybody holds. You have to put a mezuzah. Oh, that would explain why sukkah also has to have a mezuzah. Because bottom line, you're living there for seven days. So it's no different than paredrin. So at least abayeh is... 
inconsistent that he can square off the Biuda's opinion. You're right, you understand? Just like you have seven days in Paredrin, so you have seven days in the Sukkah. So the Biuda is consistent. Look at the top Rashi, Ela Marabaye, Peshvaat, Mimshul Pedisha. Just like he says you have to sit in Sukkah seven days with a Mizuzah, so to Parin Ki Pelige, Bishari Motoshana, the Banan Savri, Gazlina, Shari Motoshana, Tushva, the Rebuda Savar, Logazri El Shkat Peredrin, Bishari Motoshana, Yala Mizuzah, Kedeshte, Muzeket, La Kol Yodaya, Kebet Diragibura, Shelo Yubru Ala Kohen, Bishavayimah Pirishab, Beta Surin Havush. Rashi gives us the answer. What's the question? Rabbi Uda said, no, we don't make a gizra. All year long, you don't need it. But still, they put a mezuzah there all year long. Do you remember Rabbi Uda's original statement? He said that even though you don't need it, they put it there, mishum gizra. What was the gizra? Not gizra that you might not come to put it during the seven days. Different gizra. If you don't have the mezuzah in this, uh, this structure, it's going to appear as a prison cell. We don't want the people to think that now we're taking the Grand Gadol seven days and we're locking him in a room over here that all year long doesn't even have a mezuzah so it looks like we're putting him better kene. If you have a mezuzah on it all year long, correct. So if you have a if you have a if you have a, if you have a uh, mezuzah on the door, okay, now it looks like an office, it looks like a dira and all that. So it's a gizera just because we don't want the impression of the Grand Gadol to look as if he's going into a, a prison. So that's why they put the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the mezuzah uh, on the, uh, the habush is like a uh, trapped or a prison incarcerated okay so again I'm looking at Rashi again El Lashkat Peredrin Bish'ari Motashana Hayala Mizuzah Kedeshtim Muhzeket Lakol Yod'ayah so everybody will know Kibet Dira Gibura it's a dwelling Shelo Yomru Ala Kohen Bish'ati Beperishak Bebet Asurin Habush that they locked them up in a prison Amale Rabah so it comes the Gemara and says Rabah has a question so what are you talking about? We said Sukata Hag Behag, right? And what did the writer say? That the Biuda says Yahayav in the Mezuzah, but the rabbis held Yapatur for the Mezuzah. Now look at Rashi. Upatri Rabanan. The rabbis exempted. But what did it say in that Braita? It said, I read again two lines on the bottom of the last half, so you remember the Braita. Sukata Hag Behag, the Biuda Mehayev, Bachamin Potri. Ah, you, Abaye, you hold that what? A seven day dwelling according to everybody. Hayav. What are you talking about? The Braita above says Hakamim is Patur. Which means, according to Rabbah, clearly Rabbah is learning that the Hakamim of the Braita of Sukkah are the same Hakamim of the Braita of Paredrin. And therefore, he's asking a. Contradiction. How can you say that Hakamim by Sukkah say Patur and by uh, Paredin you tell me Hayav? So the Gemara says, Ela Amaraba. So Rabbah has a different interpretation. Rabbah says, Bishari Motashana Kula Amalo Peligi de Petura. All year long, Paredin, everybody agrees, Petura. Ki Pelige Bishva, Ki Pelige Bishva. The whole mahlokin is the seven days of Parhedrim when the Kohen Gadol goes in. Tanakama will say the seven days you have to put a mezuzah. And the Biudah will say Patur. Oh, so the Biudah is going to say Patur by Parhedrim. What is he going to hold by Sukkah? The Sukkah ta'ma lihud, ve'neshka ta'ma lihud. 
Sukkah has its own logic, and Parhedrin and the Nishkah has its own logic. Now, Sukkah Ta'mal you know what the reason of Sukkah is? Rabbi Yudal Ta'mid Amar, Sukkah Dirat Keba Ba'inan. In my second Sukkah, there's a whole mahluk and how you have to build the Sukkah. Rabbi Yudal says you have to build the Sukkah firm, solid, Dirat Keba, meaning a permanent structure. So just like it's a permanent structure, you always got to be like a house. For example, the Gibran Sukkah talks about. Talks about a sukkah that's 20 amma high, or more than 20 amot high. Hakamim say, it's pasul. Rabbi Yudah says, kasher. Why? Because it has to be dirat keva. So therefore, since Rabbi Yudah holds my sukkah dirat keva, it's very dirat keva, it's a house. So therefore, you have to put a mezuzah. But I'm an anatama. You know you know why the rabbis say you patur by a sukkah? Ta'ami sukkah dirat aray ba'inan. They say it has to be a temporary dwelling. But the Lishka is also a different reason. The Banan Sabi, the rabbis all dirat ba'al kurha shemadira. The Banan say, this dwelling of the Lishka Panedrin, was the kind of a choice to go there? No. no. He's going against his will. He's got no choice. We're forcing him seven days. You've got to live in this house over here. So the, the Banan say that a forced dwelling is considered a dwelling. You've got to put him in Zuzah. And what is Rabbi Yudah hold? No, a forest dwelling is not considered a dwelling, and therefore Parhedrin is not going to be Hayab in Mizuzah. However, but the rabbis made it that you put a Mizuzah there. Anyway, so the rabbis won't say that what? That he's uh, incarcerated in a prison. Now, let's review bottom line. The two, there's very important, I'm looking at it now. Between Abaye and Rabah, how to understand the bottom line, Mahluk between Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda. And we start. Abaye and Rabah. Abaye understands the Mahluk that what? Everybody holds during the seven days, whether it's seven days of Parhedrin. Or whether it's the seven days of Sukkah, everybody holds what? That you're going to be Hayav. You're Hayav in, uh, in uh, the Uraita in Mizuzah. Aye, what about the Hakamim of the Braita that said they're Patur from Sukkah? No, he'll say Abayyat, it's a different Hakamim. Who told you the Hakamim that said you Patur in a Sukkah are the same Hakamim that said you Hayav in Paradrim? Therefore, we're forced to say different authors in Abayyat. Understand that? In order to answer Abba's question on Abaye, Abaye will say that Hachamim of the Braita of Parhedrin that say Hayam are not Hachamim of the Braita that say Sukkah is Patur. Good. So Hachamim will hold what? Hayav seven days of Parhedrin. Hayav seven days in Sukkah and the Biudah, by the way, also holds like that. Seven days, but not Hayav. Also, where's the Mahlokit? On the rest of the year. The rest of the year, Hachamim say, Hayav, Gezera, Atu, the seven days. The Biuda will say, no, I don't make a Gezera. But still, you got to put a Mizuzah there, so it doesn't look like a prison. That's Abayashita. Rabah comes along and says, no. The Hachamim of the Braita of Parhedrin are the same Hachamim of the Braita of Sukkah. And therefore, I'm going to tell you like this. During the... This is Rabah now we're talking. During the uh, seven days, everybody's going to say, Patur. No, all year long, I go the other way. All year long, 
all year long, everybody's going to say patur. So where's the mahlokit? The mahlokit is going to be the seven days. Oh, what is going to be on the seven days? According to the Biuda, he's going to tell you what? That parhidrin is going to be patur. Why? Because this is considered a forced dwelling. A forced dwelling is not hayab. Oh, so why by sukkah? Did he say hayab? Because that's didat keva. And he knows didat keva is hayab in sukkah. Therefore, you have to put a mezuzah. Now we go to the rabbis. The rabbis are going to tell you what? All year long in the shkat parhidrin, you're going to have a... Uh, 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 all year long is... Seven days. Right. According to Hachamim, they'll tell you that seven days is hayab. Why? Because they hold a forced dwelling is considered a dwelling. A forced dwelling is considered a dwelling. So therefore you hayab. Oh, so the hayab. So therefore when it comes to sukkah, how come they tell me you're patur? The forced dwelling, hayab and sukkah, because again, a non-forced dwelling. No, sukkah they hold dirat aray. And since a sukkah is a temporary dwelling, a temporary dwelling is not chayav in mezuzah. So again, I repeat Rabbah's opinion last time. According to Rabbah, all year long, which means outside of the uh, seven days, everyone is going to say patur. Ben Rabbi Yehuda, Ben Hakamim. Where's the argument? The argument is during the seven days. Hakamim are going to say patur, it's considered dirat baal kurha. It's, a, it's going to be considered a forced dwelling, which is hayaf. Where according to the Bihuda says no forced dwelling is patur. Good. Now what about sukkah? Oh, so the rabbi is going to say that. Sukkah is different. Sukkah is dirat aray. Temporary dwelling, patur. Whereas the Bihuda is going to say, no, sukkah is dirat keva. Dirat keva is going to be hayaf. So a, a very fundamental point to remember in this mahlokit, Rabbah equates the rabbis of the sukkah, to the rabbis of Peredrit, so therefore he has to square it off. Just say, okay, this is a forest dwelling, and this is the Atarai. However, according to Abaye, he says, nah, don't get me involved with the Brayta uh, over there of Sukkah. Brayta of Sukkah, different rabbis. But he'll hold that what? That the rabbis themselves of uh, the Shkat Peredrin, they'll hold that you have to have uh, all year round, but die during the seven days, but you even have to have all year round Gezerah Atu. And they'll hold according to that, really, Sukkah as well. Sukkah as well, according to the Hachamim, that are not the same Hachamim of the Brayta of Sukkah, they will say also you need seven days of Mezuzah in Sukkah. You say the rabbis say you need seven days for Parhedrin, will say you also need seven days in Sukkah. That shita is the same. But they're just not the same rabbis of the Brayta of Sukkah.